Whenever I teach my programs, one of the things I always tell the participants is that if nothing else happens as a result of their attendance, if they only learn one thing, it is to be a better reporter. If you think about it, reporters are always looking for the next story. It's core to their job. And that's what I want people to learn to do regardless of their job. I don't teach reporters. I don't deal with the press. But this is a skill that everybody needs. Because to always be on the lookout for the next story is to always be curious. And there is no better life skill to develop. So a week or so ago, I was reading a book about birds. I'll admit it. I'm a bird nerd. I know that surprises a lot of you. And I ran across a little factoid that sent me off on a quest. The curiosity bug bit me. And here's what I learned. March 18th, 1937 was the day that the school in New London, Texas, exploded. According to people that were there, the walls bulged, the roof lifted off the building, and it dropped back onto what was left of the building, and the structure just blew apart. 195 students and teachers died. Another 200 suffered really serious injuries. Well, it turned out that the school had recently been plumbed for natural gas to heat the building. But there was a leak in the pipes under the school. And when a maintenance worker turned on an electric sander in the middle of the afternoon, the spark it created was all it took to ignite the gas. Now, in those days, natural gas had no smell at all. And like most gases, it was invisible. In fact, the market in 1937 was all about oil. And natural gas, which came out of the ground with it, was considered to be a waste product. Refineries and oil wells would separate it from the crude oil, and then they'd pipe the gas off to distant towers where they burned it 100 feet up in the air in these huge yellow flares. When I was a kid living in West Texas, I remember seeing those flares at night as we drove by on the highway. Anyway, because it was considered a waste product, some businesses would tap into the gas lines that carried the natural gas from the wellhead over to the flare tower, and they'd use it for various things, including heat, which is what the school did. The oil companies didn't care. They were just burning it to get rid of it. If somebody wanted their garbage, let them have it. Well, the morning of the explosion, a leak in the connection between the gas pipe and the newly installed heaters filled the crawl space under the school with gas. The force of the explosion was so great that a 4,000-pound block of concrete was blown through the air, crushing a car 70 yards away. Keep in mind, that's about two-thirds the length of a football field. Well, shortly after the disaster happened, a law was passed that mandated that smelly compounds be added to natural gas, smelly enough that humans would be able to unmistakably detect and recognize a gas leak. The chemical they chose was from a family of compounds called mercaptans. Now, one of those, ethyl mercaptan, is considered to be one of the smelliest compounds on the planet. It's so strong that a human can detect it in concentrations as small as one part per billion. Now, just for comparison purposes, sugar requires five million parts per billion before it can be tasted. So this stuff is strong. Now, methyl mercaptan, another compound, sometimes called methane thiol, is added to natural gas to make it easier to detect. It's colorless, but it stinks. In fact, it occurs naturally in all kinds of things, and you'll recognize it. Cabbage, onions, bad breath, asparagus, cheese, 
the various unsavory things that come out of the north end of a south-facing animal, including people, and rotting carcasses. It's also extremely flammable, and while I could make all kinds of jokes here, having seen way too many stupid teenage movies, usually involving camping trips, I won't. By the way, just to put the potency of this stuff into perspective, chlorine, which is pretty pungent, requires 143 times as many parts per million as methylmercaptan for the human nose to even detect it. This is one of the reasons why it's so interesting, that when they first started mixing these chemicals into natural gas for safety reasons, workers at a Texas refinery noticed a really weird phenomenon that kept happening. Whenever one of their pipelines sprung a leak, no matter how minor the leak, there would soon be clouds of turkey vultures hovering over the area. This kind of puzzled them until somebody put the facts together and realized that the one thing that rotting carcasses, which is like an all-you-can-eat buffet to turkey vultures, and natural gas have in common is methylmercaptan. And you know what's cool? They still look up for turkey vultures today when they have a leak in a pipeline. So smell's kind of important. So before I leave you, let me share a few interesting things about it that I learned while I was researching this episode. First, there's a disorder called anosmia, which is the inability to smell anything at all. As I record this, Sabina is baking bread upstairs, so at this very moment, I can't think of a worse disorder to have. But it turns out that there is one, and it's called cacosmia, which is the ability to only smell disgusting things. In fact, for people with this disorder, even good-smelling things like baking bread tend to smell disgusting. Okay, moving on. Scientists who specialize in the sense of taste have identified five unique flavors. Sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and something called umami, which is that interesting, rich, intense flavor that monosodium glutamate, MSG, adds to food. Well, they've also identified seven unique smells, which they believe give rise to all smells. They are putrid, which is pretty self-explanatory, unless you have anosmia, uh, musky, which is the quality of colognes, perfumes, and aftershaves, pungent, which refers to the smell of things like vinegar, ethereal, which is the smell of things that evaporate quickly, like alcohol or dry cleaning fluid, things like that, floral, like roses and geraniums, minty, which again requires no explanation, and something called camphoraceous, which is the smell of mothballs. Well, it turns out that our sense of smell accounts for about 95% of our ability to taste. Without it, potatoes, onions, and garlic would be indistinguishable. Let's see what else. Bactrian camels, they're the ones that live in places like the Gobi Desert, can smell water 50 miles away. Now, what they're actually smelling is the bacteria that grows in the water, not the water itself, but 50 miles. Zowie. Finally, babies can detect smells in the womb. And when you're sleeping, you can't smell. That particular sense shuts down. And while everybody knows that women smell better than men, did you know that they also smell better than men? That's right. A woman's sense of smell is significantly stronger than that of a man. You might also find it interesting that 75% or so of our emotional responses derive directly from our sense of smell. Okay, that's enough. Another curious topic? I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for dropping by. 
I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.